Good day, everyone. Good day, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. On today's episode 31, we're going to talk about the mask and what leaders don't say and why. We're so excited to have you here. Um, I can't believe this is the start of season three, but anyhow, let's get started. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show where you are entering the stress-free leadership zone. What's in your cup? All right. Hello, 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 everyone. We are back. We're ready to get started. So let me bring on our guests. Uh, we've got a couple of other um, folks joining us today, and we are going to have an amazing, amazing conversation. So uh, before we get started, um, you all know we just want to say welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show, where we are leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, authors, and we discuss the joys and the challenges, the ups and downs of being a leader and how that translates to life. This is episode 31. I can hardly believe this is episode 31 and our season three premiere. So we're going to dive in in just a second. But for those of you that are returning, thanks for coming back. We're excited to have you here. If you are new, welcome, welcome to the family. Um, before we introduce uh, our guests, I want to just ask you to do me a favor. In your comments, you might be listening live, you might be listening on the replay. Um, if you are, then don't forget to tell us your name, where you're watching from, and let us know what's in your cup. Also, take a moment uh, to share the video. Uh, we wanna, we're going to have a powerful conversation today, and there are others out there that may be benefited just by hearing our words that we're sharing. Uh, and then also, don't forget to comment. You guys power this show. Your comments, your feedback is so valuable for us. So comment on anything that resonates with you, and we want to bring you and your thoughts into the conversation. So my name is Rhonda Y. Williams. I'm your host for the show. I am a recovering stressed out leader. And today I help leaders decide to stop the madness and transition to a stress-free leadership life. I also help organizations develop stress-free cultures. And I am so excited to be back. And um, today in my cup, let me just show you sort of, I've got my, my cool little, um, I went a little on the wild side today. You know, I was feeling a little bit wild and so I've got I've got this cup here. As much as I love mugs, I'm gonna let y'all in on a little bit of a secret. They don't keep my drinks warm long enough. So I've decided to get these wild, bigger cups and you know that whole thing. So anyway, in my cup, I have coffee. I've got some ginger and some turmeric uh, in my coffee this morning. So that's me. We're gonna go now and start our introductions. Uh, and so let's start with Kim, and then we will go to our amazing co-host, Roz, who just joined the show. Hey, Roz, I see you out there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Kim, hello. Tell us a little bit about you, and then tell us what's in your cup. Hello. Um, I'm excited to be here and on early on a Saturday morning, right? And uh, I really want to just say congratulations on season three and episode 31. That is huge. So congratulations to you. Um, so a little bit about me is um, 
So I actually had a, a very long-term career in the technology industry. And um, my last eight years, um, I, I did not serve in a technical role. I was literally invited to run a women's initiative for a Fortune 50 company. So I did that in the US and then globally. So I learned a lot about you know, women in the workplace and the things that women deal with um, you know, on a cultural level, um, you know, different types of jobs and various things like that. And my role was really to get women to the top on the tech side and the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, one day someone actually told me no as I began to have the conversation about getting to the top. And I was like, no, what? You don't want to get to the top? And so, but you know what? That was that was fabulous because she said she counted the cost. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she was, she happened to be uh, Chinese and from the one child generation, having two sets of parents to to help to manage and a single child as well. She did plus a, a you know, I don't know, I guess a double full-time job. It was just a lot. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was a wake up call for me um, as well, because I was working a ton of hours, um, giving it all I had um, and, you know, literally, uh, but deep inside wondering, you know, if there was more, you know, there, there just has to be more, right? This, this can't be the end of it, especially so early um, in life. So today um, I actually, what I did was pro-tired, I say pro-tired, uh, not retired, right? Because <laughs> what I did was I, I literally stepped away to make room to do um, the things I really wanted to do in life and the things I felt like I was really called to do. And we can talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. But, so I run a program called Reignite Her Light. And my sole goal is to help burned out women, uh, you know, high achieving uh, professional women and entrepreneurial women as well, but to recalibrate. Um, what I found was a lot of them, myself included, uh, were successful but unfulfilled. Uh-huh. And really still wanted to do something more meaningful and significant in the world, but couldn't work any more hours and couldn't sacrifice any more our personal lives and still hold it together. Wow. So I have the pleasure of working with them to literally pinpoint like what is that hidden unique difference you want to make in the world. Once we discover that, we design what it's going to look like, create a customized strategy to get there. And some magical things happen. Mm-hmm. You have what Napoleon Hill call that, you know, that definite key thing or you have that North Star and you know who you are, what you want, why you want it, where you're going, and now how to get there. I love that, Kim. That is amazing. And it's so, I am all about that. I was talking to someone else and they were like, that is my jam. Yes, that is definitely my jam. So what do you, so do you have a cup? Uh, What's in my cup? I have a cup, actually, uh, uh, one of my branded cups here. Um, But what's in my cup, I guess, is air. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the reason I say it's air, because I am actually doing uh, a dry fast uh, for a couple of days. (laughs) So, um, you know, you ease your way into a dry fast, but basically that means you don't really have water um, on you or in you. Uh, So I'm modified kind of fast because, you know, I just can't go without brushing my teeth. And there's a couple things, you know, areas on the body I feel like always need to see a little bit of soap and water. <laughs> I would agree. I would tell you. <laughs> so hopefully that's not X-rated or whatever on this Saturday morning. But <laughs> but uh, so it's modified for me as much as possible. So, but the beautiful thing about just having your cup with air is that I get to expand my thinking about what is 
literally happening for me, for my body, for my mind, for my spirit, um, you know, as I'm going through this, this fasting period. So it's, it's a period of abstinence, but um, as I'm leaving some things along, I'm make, alone, I should say, I'm making room for other things to come in. So that's exciting. Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> awesome, thank you so much for those introductions. Let's go to our co-host. Hello, good morning, Roz. It's great to see you guys. Hi, Marae. It's great to see my co-host. Hello. Hello, Hello, everybody. So welcome uh, to season three, ladies. You guys have been rolling the whole time. So Roz, let's start with you. Do a brief introduction and then tell us what you got in your cup if you got a cup this morning. <laughs> I need to sit on Kim's couch for the high energy businesswoman. <laughs> I need to make an appointment. <laughs> But 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 like him, I'm also on a fast. I've been on a fast for the last three days, but I, it's it's a water fast. So I I use water on the inside and on the outside, Miss Kim. <laughs> so I you know I do the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, for those who may not know me, after three seasons, I'm Ross Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved ones: sitter, homemaking companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. When you can't do it all. You give us a call. That's a call. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Roz. Welcome, welcome. And hi, Marae. Tell us a little bit. We know you guys, but you know, it's so interesting. I continue to do this because new folks tune in and I want them to know the amazing people yeah. that we're talking to. So good morning, Marae, or good evening, Marae. I know you're getting ready for bed. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready for bed and getting ready for the morning, actually, because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Sunday morning soon. So that's good. How are you? I am fantastic, fantastic. Ready for another season and a really meaty and substantive discussion today. So give us a quick introduction of who you are. Tell us if you got a cup, what you got in that cup, and then we'll move right into our conversation. Not a problem. So my name is Marae, Marae Tulekima. I'm based in Perth, Australia. I'm an engineer by background, but I'm also the CEO and founder of the Marae Tulekima Global Leadership Organization, an organization where we make sure you become the best version of yourself and you step into your greatness. So Hopefully, we're going to be able to do it today. Yeah. Well. <laughs> awesome. I know you're getting ready for bed, but do you have a cup this, this evening? So I have a cup and there's water inside. So getting ready for bed with the water. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. If you're out there or watching or listening in, um, don't forget to drop us a line. Tell us where you're watching or listening from and tell us what's in your cup as we move into our conversation. So I want to start um, our conversation today um, by sharing a quote. So we'll start with this quote. Uh, and then what I want to do is I want to sort of rewind a little bit and then we're going to back into this conversation. Our topic today, we're going to be talking about the mask. Um, and it's the mask that leaders wear and then we're gonna be talking about that mask and why we wear it and what's underneath and all of that. Um, but first, let me just share um, this quote uh, for everyone. So let's see if I can uh, properly use my technology here. And okay, here we go. This is the quote. So I love this quote. And the quote is, if you want people to love you for who you are, take off the mask. And that's a quote by uh, Quetzal. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, first of all, the first place that I want to begin with is why do we 
why do we as leaders even wear a mask? You know, what is this mask and why we wear it? You know, years ago, I began to realize um, that I was operating and functioning in a, at a place in my leadership life that wasn't really in true alignment with what who I really was. Um, and, uh, and that took me some time to get to that point where I actually understood, um, you know, the fact that I was not aligned. And, and now that I look back on it, of course, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, you know, that, that entire early part of my leadership career, I was wearing this mask. So I want to talk about this leadership mask and, and why do we wear it? And, you know, where did it even come from? Why do, why do we even have this mask? So um, so I'm going to start with you, Marae, and then I'm going to go to Kim uh, on this, and we'll come to Roz uh, last. Why do we as leaders wear a mask? Why do us, we as leaders wear the mask? I think sometimes, you know, we 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 actually scared of being judged. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we tend to, you know, look at things from the outside instead of, Really, you know, being being okay with who we are, with our you know uh, our everything, we look at, at this external world and we are scared to be judged, and that's why we try to basically please this external world and then wear the mask and and uh, and and be accepted in a way, and and that's I think that's the key thing that you know some leaders uh you know do because they really don't want to be uh if i can express myself naked in front of everybody because when you're naked it's the good and the bad so right. they want to portray the good so they wear the mask to hide you know the the bad and then show the good so that they can be accepted and you know have this uh a, a, a connection with people from the outside and not knowing that you know it can back, backfire actually because people start to see you the way you portray yourself mm. and then as soon as you you know you drop the the mask a little bit they start to see other things and what's happening is that it can actually be more destructive than anything so you i think it's it's a two sort kind of things and wow. uh, yes, you know, at the beginning you can you can uh, you, you can wear this mask, but don't wear it too long because it's it can be very destructive at the end, and you can lose everything. Especially as a leader, as a leader, you need a trust. As a leader, you need people who uh, believe in your vision and believe in you. So right. if you wear this mask, and that's what they believe in, and you take mm -hmm. it off, then you 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 drop everything. The trust. And you know, and people just stay away from you, and uh, and start to you know look for another leader, which uh, a leader that actually not wearing any mask that they can trust, and who is true to his uh, to his vision and to his mission. Wow, Marie. So you, gosh, you said so much there. But one of the early things um, that you mentioned was the fear of judgment. Right. And we wear this mask because we have a fear of judgment. And by the way, my buddy Michael is out there watching. And Michael, Michael says, looking great, Rhonda, listening to the four wise women. Did you guys know me from four wise women? Well, thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate that. Michael's actually in St. Petersburg, Russia. So wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in, Michael. But, you know, it, it's so important for us to really understand sort of what that mask is. And Kim, I'll come to you now. You know, why why do we expand on that? Why do we as leaders um, feel the need? And, and it's a 
I, I would go beyond need. It's a really strong pull or encouraging often um, to wear this mask. What I, well, I, 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 um, I love what Marae said as well, uh, in particular when she talked about fear of judgment and acceptance. So I absolutely agree that we are a mask for acceptance, uh, for conformity. Um, and a lot of times I think we do it out of conditioning because we believe, you know, this is what's going to lead us to success. And we, we, we've been told to do it this way, or we watch others, um, you know, do it that way. And, and if everybody's wearing a mask and nobody's authentic, right. And in, in, in our leadership and what we're doing. And in particular, when it comes to organizations and companies, um, and Rhonda, you mentioned something earlier about cultures. So it, mm -hmm. there's culture, right? So we conform uh, to a particular culture, especially if we're driven and we want to succeed. So often we will wear a mask and we may not share our true authentic feelings. I think it takes courage, confidence, you know, bravery to come from behind the mask. But in particular, when you're getting started um, and you're looking to others and you're watching other leaders and you're learning the culture or you're growing into it, um, it, it's often, you know, easier to wear a mask and it, it's easier um, to not be judged, as Murray said. And uh, mm -hmm. so I think wearing that mask comes from conditioning. Mm -hmm. However, what I feel there, there, there are some negative implications. And one of the biggest ones for me is that we don't get the real heart of the person. And so we don't get that true authentic leadership. And therein um, would lie a lot of value that could literally, you know, propel people and teams and even the leader forward, um, moving forward in authenticity. So, right. you know, when I think about masks, I also think about where we are today, right? And where mm -hmm. these masks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, due to uh, the pandemic, et cetera. Um, and, and even the reports that, uh, wearing them is unhealthy for us because we are breathing in, you know, the CO2 that we're exhaling and it's not it's not good for our immune systems, for our brains and our bodies. So, you know, the real thing is to uh, for me, I love that um, self-expression um, and I love that. But also with that, it's not really nilly. Right. It's um, it's very strategic. Um, and it is in a way uh, that is going to propel the business, the organization, the group uh, forward. Um, so I think that's a lot of reasons why we wear masks. Just, you know, we have to do it this way or that way. And um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting, um, you know. Michael, Michael is a, a, a leadership expert and he works with uh, he's been working with executives for many years. And he says dynamic leadership principle number two is a leader never asks workers to do something they are not willing to do. And when you're talking about bringing yourself um, to work, to your um, role, whatever that might be, whether it's in you're an entrepreneur in business or whether you are a leader, uh, bringing the true you that can show up and do the best possible job um, requires a measure of authenticity. But how can we ask that of our team if we're not willing to do that too? And, and can you brought into play where we are today in a society? And let me ask this question, specific to our current events, what masks are leaders wearing? We've got this COVID, we have racial injustice here in the States, you know, we've got, you know, folks on either side as a leader, how do we step into this? 
right? How do we take off that mask um, and and be vulnerable, right? Be authentic and share what we're really feeling. Um, and I think some of that is because we don't know how to do that without preserving that feeling that where we want people to like us, right? We want our team to believe in us and think we're competent and courageous and all of those things. And if I say, you know what, gosh, I'm not okay right now with everything happening. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling vulnerable for my family. You know, I have three African-American sons. And if I bring that to the work setting, am I going to be perceived as weak? Right. Or you should leave that outside of work or now I've got all of these things going through my head of how I'm going to be viewed. So I think a lot of that mask is exactly that. Right. People, you know, when you bring that, what are they going to think? What are they going to say about me? So um, I want you guys to sort of tap into specific to today. Do you feel like leaders are wearing masks and covering up? Uh, some of their true thoughts and feelings um, of, about the situations that we're in today. Um, Marae? Uh, I agree with you, but in a way as well, you know, there's something that we don't, we don't also look at because you, uh, especially as a, when you look at as a parent or as, uh, as somebody in the family, Sometimes you wear this mask because you don't want to show, you want to, to, to keep the hope, you know, because you don't want to feel too miserable and, and show that, you know, you can't handle the situation because you don't, it's because you don't want it to be contagious, basically. Right. And I've done that, you know, I've done that, you know, through this pandemic. Uh, trying to stay strong for my children, for my husband, because I'd want to keep this hope, you know, wear this mark, keep this hope that, you know, yes, it's a difficult time. Yes, there are things happening. There have been disruption, lost income, but it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, I'm scared, you know, I'm scared, but I wear this mask just to keep, you know, the positive energy uh, going because it's, it's important for, for, for us as a, you know, as a family and as an entity to still have hope and, and understand that you know, it's just a moment in our life and we're going to go through it. So showing this emotion and showing that you are too vulnerable can actually create you know, this uh, where, you know, an atmosphere where people feel like, I mean, that's the end of the world. We're not going to get out of it. And then people start to go into depression and, uh, and, and it's on and on. So there's also a, a, a side, that a positive side, where as a leader, you have to lead and show the right emotion that's actually going to help us stay strong and go through this pandemic as well. Well, that's a, such an excellent point, Marae. So uh, Roz is having some technical difficulty. They're having some storms in their area. And so she may not be able to join us. So Roz will miss you out there. But she said that she shared the video. She also said that the leader also wears masks to avoid rejection, um, right? And so that, that place of acceptance is important for a leader. And then Michael said, most leaders are wearing the mask of confusion. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this is an unprecedented situation. And what do most leaders think their um, one of their strengths is, is 
being clear, being able to figure it out and being able to get through it. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in this place where no one really knows what to do, how to handle it and what the answer is. So, um, you know, coming to you, Kim, with this specifically around this time that we're in, you know, what what are those masks uh, that leaders might be wearing? You know, um, I what's interesting is um, in this time, whether you remove the mask or not, there's certain things that are being revealed, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you can still keep the mask on and certain positions, um, you know, because leaders are taking certain actions or not taking action. And the reality is inaction is action. So mm-hmm. if even if you're not taking action to have those uh, crucial conversations, um, mm-hmm. you know, then, and if you're going on, like nothing has happened, um, that, that to me is, is, is a sort of breakdown in leadership because I feel like strong leaders address things. Um, I think they uh, should be in a space where they can have those conversations. And even if you, you haven't done it or but you would like to do it, you're just not sure how to proceed. Um, be, I don't have an issue with vulnerability. So for me, bring the team together and say, hey, we are in unprecedented times. And I've never been through this. You guys may have never been through this. And so let's let's try to get through this together. What is it, you know, how are you feeling? Um, wh- what do you need to talk about? Uh, e- even as we, we talk about in the US and we talk about uh, some of the social things that are going on, um, you know, let's, let's just say I'm an African-American man- leader or even a, you know, a white leader, a Hispanic leader, Asian leader, and I have a, a mixed team of people, um, you know, bringing the team together to say, even if you just have one African-American person, you know, Rhonda, how are you feeling? I know there's a lot going on. I know you're a mom, you have three African-American boys, um, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. How are you feeling? Are you afraid? Are you scared? Or, you know, do, you know what, how can we support you, right? How can we support each other as a team. And in doing that, the leader also may need some support, may also need some guidance, may also need some help in, you know, in, in being able to deal with the masks, you know, that, that are brought out by this current pandemic conversations, you know, discussions and things like that. What we're dealing with is people and we're dealing with lives. And sometimes our teams need to see that we are human, not just we, that we have all the answers. And, what, you know, I, I believe the same thing about parents. I, re- I remember the day I realized my parents didn't have all the answers. That was a relief for me because I knew my mom wasn't a superwoman, so I wasn't trying to be a superwoman. I didn't have to grow up and pretend like I had all the answers. Mm-hmm. And I think coming together as a team, as a group, um, as a family to discuss these things, to you know understand how we're all feeling, and even if we don't have all the answers, you know what do you think we should do as a family, as a unit, whether it's family or business or work or whatever it is? Because um, when we hold in those feelings and emotions, they wreak havoc on our body and various you know, organs. And so, yes, we want our team to feel safe and we want our children to feel safe and spouses, but we also need to feel safe. And women, we put everybody first. And so let me just call a spade a spade, right? <laughs> let's, let's, I mean, we don't have to wear the cape, right? You know, 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up after this, but there is a song as old as the hill, as my grandmother used to say, but it talks about um, and it's a it's a sort of a, a Christian song, but it says the warrior is a child, and they don't know that I go running home when I fall down. Who picks me up when no one is around? Because deep inside this armor, the warrior is a child. So we don't have to wear the armor all the time, right? We can come to solutions that'll work better for us all together. Mm -hmm. And therein strengthen everybody, you know, as we go up. So, so Kim, that, that's pretty amazing because we do feel, uh, especially those of us as women leaders, we bring that whole nurturing, trying to take it all on, trying to protect everyone, trying to care for it all. We bring all of that with us. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think we just need to understand how it shows up for us and how it affects us. So uh, so I want to uh, talk about, so what are the effects of wearing this mask? Because I think one of the reasons that we need to broaden this conversation and uncover it about the mask is because of the effects of it, right? So if I am constantly wearing this mask, then am I willing to speak truth to power? Am I willing to say, you know what? I don't agree with this and here is why. Am I willing to say, you know what? I've worked 10 hours today, I'm done shutting it down. Am I willing to say, I am not going to be available to you 24 seven just because we have a thing called text messaging. I am not, right? I mean, are we willing to say these things and do these things? Yeah. But so many of us wear this mask yeah. and we step into this place where we believe that those things are not okay for us, right? That we have to go along to get along. Um, yeah. and so I want to talk a little bit about that. What are the effects um, of, of us as on our leadership life? Um, and then we can even segue that into life life, right? Real life and mm -hmm. outside of life. What are the effects of a leader who's constantly wearing a mask? Uh, Maria, I'm going to come to you first, but let me just quickly uh, let me just quickly uh, do a, a quick station uh, break for those of you out there. Um, again, if you would like and share the video, we would greatly appreciate it. This is a conversation that someone out there needs to hear, and you can help just by sharing the video. Uh, don't forget to drop us a note and share any thoughts that resonate with you. We want to bring you into uh, the conversation, um, and and you know, be sure that as you're thinking about this, you're thinking about yourself and how all of this translates to your own personal life. So, uh, so Murray, what are the effects of leaders wearing this mask? You, you know, sometimes we, we have this mask and we become this mask mm -hmm. and it becomes really difficult for us to take it out. And, uh, and we need, we, we might actually need help to, to take it out because it becomes really us. With, with, it's a fusion that we, we've just created because we don't, we don't know, uh, the, we don't have any alternative. We've been wearing these masks for so long that it becomes very difficult to, to get rid of it. So the effect will be really to, you know, sometimes you just have to reach out, you know, and get outside and ask people because we can't do it because we, we've been domestic, there's a domestication going on. We've been used to do that for years. We, and and it, unconsciously we become this mask. And uh, we are scared of taking it off because we feel so comfortable 
that uh, you know we, we we just want to stay in. So I think first step is really to uh, always check out, check out with somebody that you know, a friend, your partner, your husband, your sister, somebody just to you know to see. Okay, this is the way I am. Do you think it is okay? Because you know I might not see the big picture. So just you know tell me is this mask okay or you know do you see you have you know uh the feeling that i should start to you know uh take 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 the mask out bit by bit maybe not straight away but bit by bit and to a point where i can you know be comfortable to reveal myself mm -hmm. openly to the world and 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 to be the real me and, and and I think that's uh, that's that's the key challenge because we so ingrained in this role, we so ingrained, you know, we, we have this. It's stick, you know, it's really st sticky tape, you know, on our, on us. But because uh, very difficult to get rid of it, and and that's that's I think one step that sometimes we need to just do a check out, uh, maybe with different people, maybe not just one person, with mm -hmm. different people. So that we get, you know, different point of view, and then we can start to be more comfortable to start to remove some of the layers, layers by layers. But um, yeah, it's hard. it's really hard. It's a it's a really great point. So I'll share. Um, so years ago, when I first started my um, my visibility, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's a whole word. That's a whole thing by itself, right? Mm -hmm. But when I first started, oh my gosh, you mean I should do live streams and, and videos and all that? So I am an introvert by nature. Mm -hmm. I will be by myself and be good for weeks, months even. <laughs> so please don't make me go to the grocery store because I got to go out and be with people. Oh my gosh, right? But that's just me. And so when I started doing these videos, I would, you know, set everything up and I'd get all upright and stiff and, and I'd go through it. And so I was using my sons as a sounding board. And so I said, you know, to the son, oh, hey, I'd be all proud of the video, right? Oh, hey, check this out. Didn't this come out good? And they were like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you mean? Time after time, they would go, mom, you actually have a personality. Please show it. Like, who is this person on this video? I can't even, like, you don't sound the same. Your voice isn't. It, it, my son told me just yesterday, when you first start your videos, I was like, this is not my mother. This is not how you sound. <laughs> so it's those types of things. And, you know, honestly, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I, had, mm -hmm. I, I just was thinking, this is how I'm supposed to do my videos, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's that kind um, of thing. I might have frozen either my computer or something, did something weird. But anyway, um, so those are the types of situations that come up. And until, like you said, Marae, that mm -hmm. came to my mind because you said check in with someone, right? Mm -hmm. And because I was sort of checking in with them and asking them about this new place that I was going, I learned that I really wasn't being myself because mm -hmm. I wasn't comfortable being myself. I mm -hmm. didn't know if people would like if I just showed up as myself. So I was trying to show up as who I thought people wanted me to be or they would mm -hmm. want me to be. So it's very interesting now when I look back on that time, um, Roz, is, Roz has a really great comment here. When leaders wear a mask, communications become strained, teamwork diminishes, Productivity suffers, customer experience is compromised, the best and the brightest leaves. Think about that. 
you could be um, sort of diluting the talent Mm -hmm. in your workforce by not showing up as the leader that they expect, which is one that's authentic and vulnerable and honest. And also your brand weakens. Ross, thank you for that comment. That's Mm -hmm. powerful. So, so, you know, Kim, when we show up and we have this mask on, you know, what, what does that do to us and how, and oh, my, my buddy is out there. Jill says, love Mm -hmm. the concepts of mask and armor. Thank you so much for tuning in, Jill. Um, and and that's that's what it is, right? It's this mask, it's this shell, it's this, I've got to be tough, especially as women. You called it earlier, mm-hmm. Kim. You know, women particularly have these challenges. So, um, but what are the effects of showing up with this mask on for us, Kim? Well, you know, I totally agree with Roz, um, the six points that she brought out. Um, and also, I think one of the biggest things is that um, it's very stressful, Um mm-hmm being someone else or not being your whole self, right? Mm-hmm. So holding back and um, not really sharing and being authentic tends to lead to stress. Uh, it's like you're one person with the team or at the office or in business and you're a completely different person, um, you know, when you're home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, it, it, I don't know, it, just going back and forth. And so it can become stressful um, definitely stifles creativity. Um, and when your creativity is stifled, right, you miss the opportunity have to have some amazingly creative solutions to things. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a statistic some years ago um, that said that the number one regret people have on their deathbed is that they lived life the way they were expected to live, mm. not the way they wanted to live. And so as we're talking about math, I liken the mask to the expectations of the outside world, whether that's in business, whether that's in corporate America or wherever corporate, whichever country you're in, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's that or even around your friends and your family, right? What is expected of you? And I also, a few years ago, this is really interesting because just a second ago, I just did a little quick um, search. But a few years ago, the average lifespan of a woman in the U.S. was 83.3 years. Um, so a lot of times we say that is, you know, life is too short for this or short for that. But I feel like that is way too long to go through life wearing a mask, right? Mm-hmm. 83.3 years. And now, just like a minute or two ago, when I searched it, that 83.3 is now 78.6. Now, yeah, I need to probably do more deeper digging and whatnot. But if our life expectancy is decreasing, you know, imagine what all it, and we wear so many, we play so many roles and, you know, as mm-hmm. leaders in our families and our businesses and, and companies, our teams. Um, and if we're spending the majority of our time being inauthentic, right? That I think it's such a travesty if you're gonna get to the point of transition and have it be your number one regret that you never really showed up. And the world never really got the value of you. Your business never really got the value. Your team never got the value. Your spouse, your children never got the real value of you because you were masking things, right? And so it's really, now, unmasking doesn't mean going berserk. (laughs) Are you sure? Let's get out Doesn't mean, this is who I am, blah, 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 right? You you have to, you know, you, you... you can be you and 
express that, but still you want to be able to lead. I always think of a leader in simple terms as someone who has a vision and can inspire other people, you know, to come along or to participate and to put their energy and precious time and life into it. Um, but are they really putting it into the full vision, right? The full authenticity if we're masking who we are. Um, so just wow. I mean, it's it's such a great conversation because as we shift a little bit and talk about the family and uh, and Nikki's out there, she says, wow, looking good, ladies. Thanks for returning. Um, don't forget to like and share the video, uh, you guys. So, you know, when we're having these conversations and talking about the effects of, you know, our family and um, I, I think of it sort of twofold uh, in terms of the mask you are is translating a little bit from the work life. So if I'm wearing a mask as a leader at work, i.e. not setting boundaries, not, you know, sort of establishing myself as my true authentic expert self, whatever it is I'm bringing to the table, holding all of that in. And then I get home, may or may not see the children because I think I have to work 14 hours a day to be good or to be accepted or to be effective or whatever that is. Um, oh, right? <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things, but now I finally show up and now do I show up at home thinking I still have to be Superman or Superwoman when I just work 14 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. And then do I beat myself up about that? Because if, if that's not happening now, I'm a failure and now mm -hmm. I'm a terrible parent. And now all of these things can't happen. Right. And so this this it translates. And then what are actually we teaching our children? I was listening to a podcast by Brene Brown and and she was she was talking about, you know, she talks a lot about authenticity and, you know, and mm -hmm. vulnerability. But she talked about the good girl syndrome. Mm -hmm. Right. And the good girl syndrome. How many of you out there can recall either having it said to you, saying it to your child or daughter or saying it to your grandchild or niece or whoever? How many of you out there can remember saying, oh, you're such a good girl, right? Guilty. <laughs> Guilty to charge. Oh, be a good girl. Oh, you know, be a good girl. Well, what is that we're actually telling them? Right what's the message we're sending with this whole good girl syndrome? Because that is also contributing to our mask, right? Mm -hmm. I can't be myself. If I use a curse word, that's not a good girl. I, that, is that, you know? And so if I, if I like to, there was a lady that I know who loves to smoke cigars, right? But what point does she free herself to say, Hey, this is just who I am and what I like to do. And how long, I wonder, did she hide that? Mm -hmm. Right? Hide behind being accepted. What's acceptable to the world? And Kim, you touched on that earlier. That whole good girl thing is about what other people expect of you. Mm -hmm. And you becoming a contortionist and molding yourself and twisting yourself in the pretzel to become that. Well, I, you know, it's easy. So right now, I, I attribute a lot of things to being old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and I'm welcome. <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm, like, you know what? I'm just old and it doesn't really matter what everyone thinks, but here's where I am, right? I feel free. So that was my excuse that I used for a little while, but then all of a sudden it started feeling good, right? I'm like, oh, I'm old, I'm free, I can do whatever, I can say whatever, right? Yeah. 
And so uh, Michael says, recommendation, take off the personal mask and put on the superstar mask and fly to success, right? Great point, Michael. We have to be comfortable. Just be you. Bring mm -hmm. that show up. Now, don't be crazy, right? You can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't just show up saying all kinds of things willy-nilly and thinking that's okay. Right. It, it, it's you. It's you. It is, but you might need a, to be a better version of you. Right? So I always say, people are like, well, I'm just being myself. And I'm like, okay, well, this self ain't getting you very far. So, so there is that, right? Um, and so how do we that? How do we begin? So I'm going to send this out, uh, ask both of you. How do we begin to be comfortable making that shift to just show up who we are? And my big thing and, and the whole thing about the stress-free leader and helping leaders get to that place is I want leaders to love leading and love their work, career, business that they build. But I want them to love life, too. Yeah, I yeah. want them to have a life they love and be comfortable shutting down, turning off. I can remember days where I would go on vacation so mm -hmm. afraid to step away from my cell phone because I never knew what crisis was going to happen at the hospital. Yeah. Right. And so I would not leave it. Well, was I really on vacation? I mean, my body was on vacation, but I'm not sure that my mind was because I was mm -hmm. afraid to, quote, not be available and be seen as not being a good, effective or excessive leader, accessible leader that that held me back. So, you know, how do we begin to get comfortable in this space? of taking off that mask. And I'm going to reverse this time. Kim, I'll start with you and then Marae, I'll come to you. Sure. I, I think one of the ways we can begin to get uh, comfortable is to uh, learn to delegate, right? We don't have to always do everything. Um, and so I consider myself... Yep, it's a little muffled. Okay. Um, it's better now. All right, great. So I, 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 well, I used to say I'm recovering, a recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And the reason I was a perfectionist is because of, you know, things I heard growing up. So let's say it was conditioning as well. Uh, in particular, I was told, and how many of you might have heard this? You got to be um, twice as smart, twice as good, work twice as hard to get half as much, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And so, in all of that, I developed these perfectionist tendencies, looking for acceptance and approval, um, and and I think I feared judgment because if I did it perfectly when I wasn't there, if someone else had an opportunity to look at it or give an opinion on it, um, my goal was to still make it be a, a good opinion or a good, you know, a good judgment. Um, and so for for the longest. Um, I did that and to the detriment of my own health, right? Uh, which is why earlier I mentioned, you know, holding those things in is not good for your own body and your health, but I did it to the detriment of my own health. And so I, I really think one easy thing to do is, well, it wasn't easy for me when I started, so let's be real. <laughs> but get in a place where you um, find things that you can delegate, in particular, if you have a team, right? What are their strengths? And um, allow them to shine. Like I, you don't always have to be the one, you know, the brightest star in the sky. Um, that That's one thing. I, I also think another thing is really looking at, you know, what is not serving you well? What is it that, you know, 
you like makes you want to like scratch your eyes out. Right. Um, <laughs> I had some of those things. Expense reports were one of those things for me. Right. I didn't like doing expense reports. I don't like it today. Um, so I think just just really figuring out where is the the the, the place in you that is screaming to come out the most mm-hmm. and how can you let that out little by little by little. Like what are some small things you can do? Because it all it, it's not just you that's that you're, you know, sort of opening up to, but it's the other people around you that are experiencing you opening up. And so you don't want it to ruin a project or a team or whatnot. Um, but I think once you take small steps and you get comfortable um, revealing those things that you think or you feel or your ideas that you think are gonna help move things along or say no, that's not gonna work. Or if you see it's not gonna work. Um, I think the more you do it, the more comfortable you become uh, doing it. And I think the more free you become. And when, as I know, we let our light shine, right? We give others permission to let their light shine as well. Cause they're, the, the, the team around you could be, you know, masking who they are and feeling the same way. So. I, I, just, I just love an open, creative, um, encouraging environment, which I think leads to, you know, being in the space of stress-free leadership, like you talk about, Rhonda. I love that. And, you know, it's it's those types of, you know, um, of things that will allow us to sort of get to that space. But I think one of the first things that we sometimes have to do is recognize um, that we are wearing that mask. And, um, and then once you do that and you really... Um, assess the internal impact of that and decide to free yourself, then you can start taking those steps um, that you mentioned, uh, Kim. Um, Ray, what do we, you know, how do we begin to move um, as we want to make sure that we share some tips and takeaways for um, the audience? If you are that leader who's wearing that mask, um, how do you begin to get comfortable with removing that mask? I think you said something that is really important. It's just, you know, recognize that we have this mask and which means we have to know who we are because we don't, I think sometimes we don't spend enough time with ourselves, mm-hmm. understanding who we are, what are our limits, what are our strengths, and uh, where, where, what are the areas where we can let go? Because, you know, we can't do everything and we're not gonna be, uh, you know, judged for that. And, and that's the first thing that we need to, to understand. Uh, because sometimes we, we have the feeling that, you know, if we expose some of our weaknesses, we will be judged or we will be parked somewhere or we will be categorized. And, and we basically turn into uh, what Kim was saying, trying to be perfect mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't serve us. So we need to take the time to sit down to understand who we are, what are the strengths and the, the, the good thing that we bring on the table and where do we lack you know, some of the skills and where we are vulnerable and make sure that you know in our teams you know or as a leader or even in our families we reach out to people who actually can fill those gaps so that we can complement and so you know you, you end up being more balanced because otherwise what's going on is that we're always trying to you know uh get you know the perfect things and obviously nobody is perfect and we end up in a, a, what I call being a firefighter because we, we always react in a way 
because there's, there are too many balls that we have we, we have to manage, we have to juggle with, and and we, we end, end up being exhausted. We end up, you know, having you know mental Ill, illness, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't serve us in in the long run. So that's one thing. You we have to stop uh, being in the survival mode because mm -hmm. that's what it creates. You know, you basically always in a survival mode, trying to catch up because those are things, those are areas where you're not qualified or that you can't, you know, you can't handle. So you're always in the uh, firefighting mode and then always survival mode. So you don't have time to really understand where you can have a big impact and where you can extend, you know, your hand and say, hey, I need help. Let's bring all our strengths together and work as a team. To, to be able so that all of us work without our mask. And that's, that's, that's a key one. The other, the other thing is also uh, the, the planning stage as well. Sometimes we, we, just, we, we just go with the flow, but sometimes it's very important as a leader to plan because then you know, it helps you to, to bring the right emotion and you don't have to wear the mask because you know where you're going. And I think sometimes we wear the mask because we don't know where we're going. So we wear this mask, we, we make, you know, we, you, you take a, a step and then, okay, I'm safe. I'm going to lower it a little bit and then you, you go down. But if you're planning and you know where you're going and you, you, you've done proper planning and you know when you do planning, there's always, there are always things that are not going to work. So you have a backup plan for that. You say, okay, if I end up in this situation, this is what I want to do. So you are confident to go without your mask and go confidently, knowing who you are, knowing what you bring, and knowing, you know, who you can reach out to to fill the gap that you can't uh, you, you can't manage. I love that, Marie. So you know, uh, for leaders to know where they're going is so important. So you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes my GPS system is offline. I, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'll be real about that. Sometimes I'm wondering. I'm like, I'm like, okay, is this thing on? What, what, mm -hmm. what is it working or not? But you know what? You're right. By having mm -hmm. a plan, it really helps us kind of get through. One of the things that I tend to recommend um, for leaders that um, really want to uncover and unmask and really become more of their true authentic self and bring that to the workplace is to sort of play a little game called best case, worst case. Right, mm -hmm. best case scenario, worst case scenario. Because sometimes the reason we won't unmask is because we've created this terrible situation in our minds. Well, mm -hmm. if I unmask, then all of these bad things are gonna happen. And that may or may not be true. So bringing mm -hmm. it down more to a situational place and say, okay, if I approach it this way, what's best case scenario, what's worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can do what you said, Marae, is have that backup plan. And okay, so if this happens, here's how that goes. Um, because mm -hmm. I think I do think sometimes without that proper planning, without that work, um, then we, we put ourselves in a difficult position. And then mm -hmm. we blame it on, well, see what happens when I take off the mask? It doesn't mm -hmm. go well. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we're already looking at right. what's sort of human psychology. We're always mm -hmm. looking for ways to validate our beliefs. And mm -hmm. so if anything happens that validates that belief, we're like, see, I told you. I was sharing this with 
my sons the other day because we were watching a football game and one of the players, you know, we always give them a hard time. Well, this player actually had a pretty good game, but the minute mm -hmm. one thing went wrong, where did we go? We went back to our beliefs. See, look at that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do anything right. right? <laughs> we have to be aware of that mm -hmm. and we have to be guarding against that. But the other thing for leaders is to just get comfortable with failure. Mm -hmm. Failure is not the end. Failure is usually not fatal, right? Mm -hmm. So if we fail, there's some valuable lessons and experiences in there. But I think we do a disservice to ourselves as well because our entire lives growing up, we don't want to fail. We mm -hmm. get frustrated if, if we don't get an A in school. We get frustrated anytime everything doesn't go well. What do you mean you didn't win? What do you, you didn't make it? What do you mean? Instead of asking, okay, cool. What you learned from that? What was the takeaway, right? So we build this in us all through society. And then we get to our leadership life and we think that failure or, and, and by failure, I just mean that the situation didn't go as you wanted it to right. go. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I think that's important too, to actually really define what failure even is. But we get to that point that we, it doesn't go the way we want it to. And we're like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. Can you believe exactly. that's what happened? Yeah. Instead of just going, OK, that, one did, yeah. that didn't work out. Here's what I learned from that. And I'm just moving on. I'm not carrying yeah. it. I'm not packing it in my suitcase. I'm not taking it on my next trip with me. Right. I'm letting that go. Yeah. Taking the lessons from it and I'm moving forward. So yeah. um, this has been an awesome, fabulous conversation, ladies. I've so enjoyed it. I can't believe how quickly our time has flown by. So I want to give you both an opportunity um, to share any last thoughts or any last words. Um, with our audience. So, um, Marae, let's start with you and then Kim, uh, I'll come to you. Yeah. So, I mean, my last thought is really what I've just said before. It's just take the time to know who you are. Take the time to know your strength. Take your time to know where you have gaps. And don't, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't over, you know, overthink, you know, uh, the areas where you have gaps. Reach out to people who can help you and so that you can concentrate and focus on the, your strength and bring the best of yourself on the table, in your team, in your family, and uh, in, in situations where things are really challenging. Because if you always you know, look at the lack that you have you know, in your life, in yourself, then it becomes a struggle. It becomes a struggle. Because you want you you're gonna want to hide yourself because you're not comfortable with what's happening. You're struggling, so make sure you focus on what you know what's best in you, what's 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 the best version of yourself. What and then bring it to the table and make sure you have people around you, so you're surrounding your community that are actually gonna help you to uh, to to fill the gap that you have in, uh, in, in your life and, and know where you're going. You know, take the time to draft, you know, what is your mission? What is, you know, uh, what are your goals? And, uh, and, and based on that, uh, especially your why and your purpose, whatever's gonna happen, then you, you still, you know, looking toward that and then things become a little bit easier for you to keep going and to keep, you know, uh, um, to, to keep learning basically and, and get 
to your final destination. Awesome. Very good. Thank you so much, Marie. Thank you for those powerful last words. And, you know, um, uh, Nikki's out there. She said, thanks, lady. I really, ladies, I really enjoyed it. And then Michael said, Einstein said, those who have never failed, never tried anything. His closing comment is great, Shell. It's been awesome. I want to share one more thing, and then I'm going to come to you for your closing remarks, Kim. Um, this week, we lost uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg yesterday. And so, you know, many of us are thinking about this woman who was a champion, a pioneer for, um, for equality, the second woman to um, be on the Supreme Court. And she's been such an amazing um, spirit and energy. And just when I think about unmasking and being yourself. I was looking at a picture of her yes, uh, this morning and, you know, I don't know. She probably had to be 75 or 80 and her shirt, her shirt that she had on said super diva. I was like, you know what? That's what I'm talking about. You know, it's that kind of thing. So um, let me just share um, this last um, quote um, and I'll put this on the screen um, from her. Uh, and this one is one that I really really like. And this one says, <clears throat> my mother told me to be a lady. And for her, that meant be your own person, be independent, Ruth B uh, Bader Ginsburg. Uh, and I think that's a lot of what we've been talking about today is bringing that authentic self, bringing your independence, bringing your power there is a power inside you that you bring. So Kim, uh, your closing remarks. So my, my closing remark would be that um, <clears throat> John Maxwell said that, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And um, I love, and, and it's just kind of piggybacking on something you said um, this now, Rhonda, that, you know, failure isn't fatal, it isn't final. Um, and don't take it personal. It's not you. It's just that the scenario didn't work out. And so when I look at things, I, I, if I learn, that means I win. So my attitude is um, I'm always winning, which is great because I'm pulling out lessons. Um, and we did talk about authenticity and bringing your, your, you know, your, being able to share, um, having that confidence and that courage to share. Um, but I think the final thing I would, I feel like a great leader is one who is more interdependent versus, you know, fully independent. There's times of independence, you know, there's times of letting go. Um, but then there's that time of interdependence and, you know, working together as a team. You have the vision. How do you share the vision? How do you inspire and encourage others to come along? And how do you um, inspire them or motivate them to participate and, and be in a space where they, too, feel safe to unmask things? And, and I do want to say that sometimes I know in businesses or companies, when we're in positions of leadership, there are things that we cannot share at you know certain times there are blackout periods or whatever you want to call it right it's a gag period or whatever that may be um but even in those scenarios and situations if you have built up a culture and an in a and an environment of trust um then your team you know still knows that you have the the best sort of vision and and they trust you and they they'll follow you um along and mm -hmm. so for me 
Um, and I think the reason this is so big is because I spent so many years behind the mask and uh, in, in authenticity that when I finally did show my authenticity, right, and some of the things I wanted to do, um, they were very well received. So, you know, I got a little tap on the hand for here and there, <laughs> but, right? You, 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 gotta, you have to take those steps and be willing to, um, you know, exercise uh, that courage. So I think don't bury who you are. Um, bring that value, uh, timeliness, and bring that value to whatever it is you do. There's a saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And sometimes I really look at that, right? How am I being in this moment? And over the last 10, 15, 20 years, how have I done things? And is that what's happening to me again now? And how can I make that better? What am I masking in my behavior, in my communication? Um, I just look at it holistically. Um, and just invite everybody to, you know, take the masks off. And, and I think it's such a great conversation and timely, even as we, I got like a stack of masks over there. I got a designer, you know, all kinds of masks. I got, we have, so, you know, there's so many that we wear, right? And I'm thinking, you know what? There's going to come a day. I'm not going to need these masks anymore. And literally and figuratively, right? So let's all just think about the day when we don't have to mask, you know, who we are and what we really want to get accomplished and find some freedom in that and, and sort of march toward, how can I make that come to fruition? Mm -hmm. you know? That's awesome. I love that, Kim. So guys, this has been a wonderful conversation. I have enjoyed every moment of it. And I'm hoping out there in the audience that you um, have enjoyed it as well. And again, don't forget to comment. Even if you're watching on the replay, like, share the video. Um, we're going to be back here. We're into season three now. So we'll be back every week, same time, same bat station, as I like to say. Um, and, you know, we want to just uh, invite all of you out there to um, take these words and do self-assessing. See where you are. Um, see what you want. Where do you want to go? You know, what's your GPS telling you? Where are you um, trying to pivot and navigate towards? And then what tools, resources do you need to do that? Kim, if people want to learn more about you, um, where do they go to do that? Sure. I'm Kim W. Martin um, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, on LinkedIn. I'm Kim Warren Martin. And um, let's see, where else am I? I think that's pretty much it for social media. And my, my website is kimwarrenmartin.com. And I, I would love to offer, as we were talking about authenticity and getting to where you want to be, um, I have a cheat sheet um, uh -huh. that is, is sort of the beginning of, you know, learning who you are, what you want, why you want it. It walks you through um, a five-step uh, brief exercise. And so if you'd like to have that, you can go to Fulfillment Formula cheatsheet.com. Say that again, Kim, uh, Kim, go to where? Fulfillment formula, cheatsheet.com. It's a mouthful. Uh, fulfillment formula, cheatsheet.com. And uh, yeah, download it, go through the cheat sheet. And um, if you'd like to um, set up a few minutes for me to go over and, and uh, you know, sort of assess um, what you've come up with, I'd be happy to do that as well. There's a link included in there for that. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kim. Debet's out there uh, as we wrap up. Thank you so much for tuning in, Debet. Debet said, great show, ladies. Uh, we are excited about this again, and we're looking forward to continuing our conversation every week. We'll be back here with substantive, meaty, fun uh, conversations for everyone. So uh, I want to thank uh, you as our guest. Thank you, Kim, for joining. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you so much, Marae. As always, you're amazing. So great to have you. Roz, I know you're out there. We miss you. Uh, and for everyone else, we look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, for um, Marae and Kim, stay tuned for just a moment as we wrap up the show.